0: Welcome to ATRA, Voices from the Field. This sustainable agriculture podcast is presented by the National Center for Appropriate Technology with support from USDA Rural Business Cooperative.
1: Hello. You're here with Demetrius Vassis, local food program specialist at the National Center for Appropriate Technology in Butte, Montana, and today I am with Aubrey Roth, the Montana Farm to School Coordinator with Montana Team Nutrition, and we'll be talking about the Montana Harvest of the Month program, but first I want to discuss a little bit about the history of Harvest of the Month uh, and, and the idea of Harvest of the Month programs, um, What, <laughs> where they first appeared, and uh what the benefits are of highlighting local foods via such programs so Aubrey do you do you know what what state first adopted a harvest of the month program
0: so california has the longest running harvest of the month program to my knowledge it started in 2005 Um, When school districts came together to create the program um, to acknowledge the value of nutrition education um, and highlighting California foods. So that program um, has been well established and has also been replicated in other states. Uh, Vermont is another program that has been well established and uh, Montana's program has been around since we started working on it in 2014.
1: So I understand in, in California, the Harvest of the Month program is actually a state run program with the Department of Public Health. That's a pretty awesome level of um, integration and, and shows a lot of buy-in from the state as a whole. Uh, where, where did where did this I, I, I guess currently, where does Harvest of the Month sit in in Montana?
0: Montana Harvest of the Month is a collaborative effort um, between many entities, including NCAT and also Montana Team Nutrition, which is housed at Montana State University, that is my program, Um, also the Office of Public Instruction, um, and other partners including the Department of Health and Human Services have supported the program.
1: I get really excited about Harvest of the Month, uh, having seen the process of, of its development, um, and this multi-level support from state and uh, from state-focused organizations, uh, you know, all the way down to individual um, local farm-to-school programs like Gallatin Valley Farm-to-School. Uh, which has been a, a huge, huge help in creating and piloting lessons. Um, but as as I recall, uh, it was the winter of 2013, and a group of Food Corps service members um, were on a retreat in Red Lodge, Montana, at the Good Medicine Lodge. Sitting around the fire, sitting around the fireplace after a day of skiing, and uh, tossing around ideas for ways to expand the, the farm to school movement, um, and as a group of food core members, brand new to teaching in a school setting, uh, and, and in a lot of ways, most of us brand new to growing gardens um there's so much so many lessons out there that integrate uh, an outdoor classroom uh, but Montana is such a specific growing climate and, and you know a lot of these a lot of these lessons didn't really fit our uh, our climate and and the food products that are available here so we're sitting around, brainstorming like what what are the what are the the vegetables that the, what are the food products in general that are produced around Montana um, and talking about different lessons that we had done over the past s- school semester and uh, there were a, a few food, food Corps members that were in their their second service term uh, so we got a lot of great insight from from their experience and and we came up with a, a list of um, Montana grown products that were available, and and the essentially a timeline that that we could think of where these products could be acquired, you know, pretty much anywhere in the state. Um,
0: Food core members came together and were discussing ways that they could work together to provide, to share resources. Some of the food court members had already started Harvest of the Month programs and had designed some materials, they had designed activities, they were following a calendar of Harvest of the Month, and they were putting a lot of effort into creating this. So what they thought was, we will create a Harvest of the Month um, framework for the food court service members and the food court sites, uh, then we can all follow the same thing, and it'll be a collaborative effort, and we won't all have to spend time making fact sheets, um, all different ones.
1: So, pulling from other states and and trying to, to customize yes. these these material these teaching materials from other states. Um,
0: yes. So, at at that point, the food court members very logically took the next step of, well, if we're creating it for us, why not create it as a statewide program that can really showcase Montana agriculture and have a very relevant program that can help other schools have an easy framework to implement Farm to School programs and to get more educators involved in Farm to School via a Harvest of the Month program. And that's really where I was brought in as being that coordinator that could bring together additional partners beyond FoodCorps um to create a statewide program that would be open to more than food core sites. And that's where we jumped in. Yeah.
1: And when and when you say an easy framework, I mean as uh, as food corps members going in thinking that we were going to change the world, and all of a sudden a, a school is going to be sourcing 100% local products, uh, you're met with the harsh reality that it takes a it takes building a lot of flexibility and a lot of capacity in a school kitchen to be able to handle um, local items. Most most Montana grown foods are available in their raw form in the in a whole foods form, and so even bringing in one product a month was like a huge success for us as Food Corps members. Like if, if, if we could just sneak in one Montana-made meal, and, and I remember having this conversation around, well, Montana-made meals are have been, a, that was a really successful you know, program, if you will, for encouraging food service staff to start to buy local. So Harvest the Month makes, makes for this awesome entry point of picking one item a month that you can source, that, that, that is seasonally available, that you can source for uh, a food service uh, food service program and start to build that flexibility in purchasing. But then it, it started, it started to, to grow pretty rapidly in terms of collecting lessons and recipes. Um, it became a really involved process with all of these different partners that, that Aubrey was helping to pull together and, and, you know, finding, finding funding and gaining sponsorships, um, you know, it was just, it was a huge and is, it continues to be a huge collaborative effort to, to build and grow Montana Harvest of the Month. Aubrey, what do you see as, uh, what do you see as the benefits of Harvest of the Month?
0: So, the Montana Harvest of the Month program, as you said, provides an easy framework to implement Farm to School. Farm to School is an umbrella term describing programs that connect children to the source of their food through the three core elements of Farm to School, which includes procurement, so buying local foods, school gardens, gardening with children, and then education, which includes agriculture, nutrition, and food based education. And so, When schools are faced with endless possibility of how to create a farm to school program that fits their needs, but also could look like anything, they're very overwhelmed generally. And the Harvest of the Month program provides them this opportunity where they are serving the Harvest of the Month food each month. They are doing an educational activity and they are doing a taste test. And so that gives them Guidance on what they should be focusing on and what they should be sourcing for that month.
1: So when we initially came up with this this framework for Montana Harvest of the Month, um, my my thinking was uh, that this that it was just gonna That it was just going to be providing resources for the the schools that were already engaged in farm to school, Uh, but it has ended up becoming this fantastic tool for as an as an entry point into farm to school, and uh, you know through the through the last years. Launch of the, the Harvest of the Month program, there have been how many, how many schools have, have participated in Harvest of the Month across Montana?
0: So currently we have about 140 sites, and so that is either a school or an after school program site um, in that count. So there have been sites that participated in our pilot in the first year launch, and then now we're in our second year
1: a significant amount of tracking and evaluation that's been a part of um, helping to better understand the landscape that these schools are operating from. There's be- a beginning of the year survey and an end of the year survey, as well as monthly, uh, some simple monthly reporting. This past year it was all taste test reports um, during, during the monthly reports, is that, is that right?
0: Yeah, so there is a considerable amount of tracking involved in this program and that's so we can really see what the impacts of the program are um, from the perspective of, is it changing purchasing habits at the school? Are they buying more local foods? Are they buying from more vendors, um, more farmers and um, distributors? It also includes metrics on um, satisfaction of the program and how they are implementing the program, including how they're promoting the program and who is involved in implementing their program. So the assessment covers a pretty broad stroke of the potential impacts of the programs. The other, the other reporting that's done is with the mini-grant sites, and they do student surveys which assess the knowledge and attitudes of the students um, in regards to the harvest of the month foods. And that's been able to give us good data on how does this actually impact students' preferences? Are they enjoying more beets because of the program? So that information is really exciting to see and it also allows us the ability to see where the gaps are in sourcing local foods in Montana
1: so we don't just want to know are they eating it but how do they actually feel about it does does this change perceptions and and it's not just the fact that the food is being served to them and they're learning they're learning about it through education in the classrooms but there's a really neat component of harvest of the month that um has been shown to uh have a significant impact on the perception of students and that's that's taste testing. Uh, I can remember as a kid my, my mother used to call it a hello bite right so if it was something that I would never tried before it was like just have a hello bite sometimes there was bribery involved maybe a quarter for a hello bite. Uh, in the case of Harvest of the Month it's most often a sticker or perhaps just acceptance from a peer group because everybody's tasting it. But talk a little bit about taste tests. Uh, what what have what kind of stories have you heard uh, regarding the success of taste tests? Well, first of all, how, how does a how's the taste test work?
0: Yeah, taste tests are critical. Is it taste tests are critical components of the harvest of the month program? So, taste testing allows the students the opportunity of trying the food in a small amount. I mean it anyone could try a bite of something um, and they'll probably be okay and they'll probably try it. meats
1: um, I don't know.
0: <laughs>
1: it's kind of a scary food.
0: It is.
1: It's dark in color. But so how, how do you how do you structure a taste test? Them, I mean they're testing there have to be there has to be like a voting process right
0: yeah so the taste tests are offered um, in small quantities the students are generally incentivized to try the food with a sticker Um, so if they're having roasted beets say they're gonna have a small amount generally they try it all together maybe in a classroom or maybe in the cafeteria setting Um, once they try that food then they get to vote using the system we use for Harvest of the Month, which is tried it, liked it, loved it, and so that promotes positive behaviors um, so that they're, even if they didn't like it this time, they still tried it and maybe next time they will like it. But research has shown that children need sometimes up to 20 times of trying a new food before they'll say they like it.
1: As a, as a Food Corps member, we were consistently reminded to uh, teach the kids this from this mentality of don't yuck my yum, right? So if another child is really appreciating something, all it takes is uh, one of their peers that they admire having a negative opinion to potentially... Um, uh, 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 rock that experience for them and, and make it a negative one and so I I really like this idea of using positive language hey I tried it eh, I might try it again and it gives that opportunity for tastes to change because I know that tastes change I, I thought beets were a terrifying food until I was a college graduate and someone introduced me to their mother's pickled beets, and I've never been the same. Uh, I couldn't tell you how many times I tried beets, thinking maybe this time. All well, it takes is one positive experience, and, and taste testing uh, allows the the right environment for that to happen at a young age, to inspire young, healthy, adventurous eaters.
0: So. There are so many fantastic taste testing stories. Um, People have found that the taste testing component of the Harvest of the Month program is so beneficial. I hear probably the most comments about just doing taste tests. Even if it's not on the Harvest of the Month item, it's still so helpful for increasing participation and helping those students try new foods. So it's also a great opportunity to get students involved in Harvest of the Month. Um, in Polson, at their middle school, they have—they were part of Harvest of the Month, and they do have regular taste tests. And students were taking and trying the foods, um, but once they got the their peers involved, so middle school students were serving the taste tests to their middle school student peers. Participation in the taste test increased a lot, and more students were actually trying the food once they took it, um, and they were much more positive about it. So getting those students involved in the taste testing component is such a perfect connection, especially with those family consumer science classes, culinary classes, um, or other opportunities where they're getting to actually cook.
1: Oh my goodness, absolutely. We used to we used to do this in Ennis, where each, each month, Preparing the taste test actually fell to one of the elementary grades. And the family consumer science teacher um, would bring that elementary grade into her high school culinary arts class, and they would work with the high schoolers to make this taste test. And then, um, usually the next day, they would take it into the cafeteria. And, you know, having a group of second graders that are helping to serve a taste test, I've never I've never seen kids take on so much responsibility for, for something at a young age. But there's a, an ultimate sense of pride in a kid that has helped to prepare, um, like we did a, a, a squash salad with, with, with winter squash, with like butternut squash. And watching this second grader serving it out to his peers and saying this is my, you know, this is my salad. I made this salad, um, and making sure, you know, they're they're doing the voting right there on the spot, uh, and you know, having kids that are um, taking charge over making sure that each student's only casting one vote, and uh, that it's a a, a, an, a fair and equitable voting environment. I mean, it was, it was awesome to see the, these elementary students um, taking pride in something that they helped to grow, harvest, prepare, and now are getting to eat. Uh, it was really neat.
0: You can find other episodes of ATRA, Voices from the Field, along with ATRA's other sustainable agriculture resources at www.atra.ncat.org. That's www.attra.ncat.org.